You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. Borrow my words, would you just say, Father, have your way. Come on, say it again. Say, Father, But today, let me have my way and show you what I can do with all those broken pieces. Let me have my way. You know, I want to say something. Can you just look around this auditorium right now? You are on Long Island in a standing room only auditorium at a church. Can we just celebrate that God is doing something here? anyone here ever thought they'd see a day in a movie theater where you can't even find a seat because people are so desperate for God? Let me just tell you guys a a story real quick. You know, I'm from the Midwest, and uh, when I came here, I was looking for every strategy possible to reach people because I love people, and I try to love them with the love of God, and, and, and that's a heart of desperation because God just wants people to know that he's here. He's not this guy with a big, flowing, white beard hanging out in the clouds judging you. Jesus actually said, I know you like me here in the flesh because you can see me, but it's actually better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and see, our definition here of the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited because see when he was in a body you'd have to be where Jesus was to be with Jesus but when he came as the Holy Spirit he unleashed his spirit into this earth and said I'm actually coming so close to you that I want to dwell inside of you to have a relationship with you and and with that heart I was like I've got to get these people of Long Island and New York City to know that Jesus loves them with that kind of love and I was looking for every tool possible and the other day two days ago I was uh, on the phone with a Google Analytics expert and he's based out of Texas where everyone's a Christian everyone in Texas is a Christian I don't know if you know that 100% of their population and he was looking he pulled up we did a screen share and he pulled up Long Island and he said there's Belmore there's Merrick there's Mastic Beach and he was going through and he said here's the total populations of all these towns and villages and cities and it was 20,000 30,000 40,000 and he said now here are how many people per town or village have actually searched anything having to do or related to looking for a church and, and I'm probably this is no surprise to some of you guys, but it was two people in this town, four people in this town, zero people in this town. And he said, I can't even make a contract to work with you because the numbers are so low of people in your region even looking for a church. I don't even know what to tell you. 
And you know, when he said that, there was a part of my heart that was like, God, well, how do I accomplish this mission of reaching more people and telling them about how much you love them if, if they're not even looking for a church? And I was having that stir in my spirit for two days, and we were at the new headquarters. And as we were at the headquarters, this woman, I'm telling you, we were just working and all of a sudden the door began to rattle. I mean, it was shaking like somebody's trying to rip it off the hinges and Evan jumps up and he's trying to do everything he can get the door open and she's on the other side saying, help me, help me, help me. It's an emergency, it's an emergency. Help me, call the cops, call the cops. And he gets the door open as fast as he can and she bolts through the door and she's like, someone please, please, my car is on fire. And we look out and literally about about 15 feet from our new headquarters, this, this, this car is completely engulfed in flames I mean it's like totally looks like it's about to explode so I yelled at Bella Bella go get all the way to the back go and I'm screaming and then I'm, we're calling the cops and everything and you know long story short we got the woman away and we're down the street watching her car it actually exploded three times right in front of us it's crazy like welcome to New York right exploding cars from Indiana we don't have that and all of a sudden, I was looking at that lady. I said, hey, are you okay? And she's like, you know what? I lost my briefcase, but my husband and I are out. We've got our life. That's all that matters. And she was doing surprisingly well. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this was a game-changing moment in my life here in New York. He said, because our headquarters didn't have a sign. It was blank on the front. There's no way she would have known what we are or what we do. But he said, when people's lives are on fire, when there's an emergency, when they don't know where else to go, they're gonna come looking for the people who have the answers. And if you have Jesus, you have the only answer that even makes sense. And I'll tell you this, what I love about New York is nobody's looking for a church. You know why? Because we didn't come here to establish a religion. We didn't come here looking to play church. We came here for a relationship with the very one that established the church, which is God. So I'll take a whole bunch of misfits and people who don't know scripture because God said, I'll make a people out of those people. Come on. So if you're here today, before we get ready to preach this message, I want to encourage you. This is a standing room only. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. You're witnessing a miracle. People here who are atheists, agnostic, Hindus, Catholic, Jewish, all in one place saying, God, our Father, which means all these ugly people around you are your brothers and sisters. Isn't it incredible? Nobody shouted for that one. <laughs> I'll slow clap because he called me ugly. I'm going to preach to you part three of Go V1. Can we get excited about that? We got episode three. God's been changing lives through this series. I waited all the way until now to preach this thing. And we're going to do it, okay? So why don't you do this? Turn to a couple people who are close to you and just say, it's going down. You can find your seats. Get your Bibles ready. Can we just welcome everyone who's watching live right now? Man, it, it has just been so uh, exciting to kind of go on this journey. And uh, we're kind of, we got a tight stage. We don't have it all figured out yet. People are like, you're going to do a live stream? You're barely pulling off services. And I'm like, well, yeah, duh. It's called faith. You know, we mix a little, we sprinkle a little bit of stupidity in there too like this. Like Salt Bay. 
you know? I'm telling you, God blesses a little bit of stupidity and a lot of faith because some of you guys got a lot of intellect and no faith, and you ain't doing nothing for the Lord. Okay, anyways, I'm done. <laughs> but, you know, we've got some seats still available here, I think, and then in the handicap section in the back. So, And I had them bring out every chair that we own, so I apologize. I actually told them earlier today because, you know, we're about leadership here. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to use the word fool because people don't want to come back because they're going to be like, can I get a seat next week because it was full. We're going to use the word electric. It was electric there. You think that works? Did we fake you out? It's not full today. It's electric. Did that work? Are you coming back next week? Okay. <laughs> hey, only because I said that. Somebody's a jerk. Security, find them. Find them now, Security. Hey, we reserve the, the right to, th to just thump people. You know what I'm saying? We reserve the right. Where did my sweat cloth go? How can I preach without that? Where did it go? For those of you who are not new, you know that I'm sweating under these lights. I'm like a chicken nugget under a McDonald's lamp. And it's just... <laughs> well, why don't you open your Bible so I can preach to you? Um, if, now, I'm an old-school Bible kind of guy. Like the, I'm, I just come from a different era of Christianity before Bibles glowed and gave you notifications and did the work of the Holy Spirit for you. Oh, there she is. They were going to bring it, but I said, oh, no. Oh, there you go, Boo Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife. All the guests are like, oh. <laughs> All the new people are like, oh. <laughs> We're like, we're not used to seeing husbands be nice. Okay, so we're going to be uh, in the book of uh, <clears throat> Numbers. <laughs> uh, some of you are like, is it sinful to have this much fun in church? Everything about this experience is messing your religious brain up so bad. Like, you just feel guilty. Like, I feel really free and really guilty at the same time. Like, but you know what? God loves you just the way that you are, not the way that you should be, because newsflash, you're never going to be as you ought to be. Can I just say, you know, if you allow me to be your pastor, I might have the privilege of doing your funeral one day. And you know what I'm not going to be able to say without lying? They were perfect. I'm not going to be able to say that. But you can be perfect hearted. And we've got a lot of perfect-hearted people here at V1, and you can feel that. Can you feel the unity in the room? Even the people watching online, we've got people who are uh, kind of like joining us because they just felt like they couldn't find a place that was home. And so maybe you're home now. So in Numbers chapter 14, we've been doing this in-depth character study of this guy named Caleb. I'm a huge fan of Caleb. A lot of people complain that there's not a lot of good information about him in Scripture, but I'm about to show you that there is. So um, we're going to read uh, chapter 14. Holler if you have it. Okay, a couple people, a couple people. Holler if you're going to read off the screen and cheat with me. All right, all right. Chapter 14, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh. Members of the scouting party ripped their clothes and addressed the assembled people of Israel. The land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, a very good indeed. Look at the person next to you and just say, indeed. Very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey. Can I get a woo? woo. All right. That's what every, every time we say milk and honey, we'll get a woo. A land that flows with milk and honey. People watching the live stream are like, I want to go so bad. <laughs> they sound crazy like me. And he will give it to us. Say, he will. he will. 
Okay, just don't rebel against God and don't be afraid of those people. Why? We'll have them for lunch. They have no protection and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. And it says, but, but in arms now, the entire community was talking and hurling stones at them. Now, let me just give you a little bit of context here because it might be hard for you to understand. Um, The children of Israel... God's chosen people have been brought out of slavery. They have been brought out of captivity under Egyptian rule and Pharaoh and a cruel taskmaster who had them uh, build stuff all day long. And, you know, it was just like a very uh, deplorable conditions that they lived in. And they come out of that now and they're in the wilderness and they get close enough to see the land that was promised. Is there anyone here who's ever made a promise or had a promise? Maybe you talk to your kids and you're like, you know, life doesn't look good now but I promise you one of these days mom's going to school right now online and once that degree gets printed out of the computer life's going to be better you know what I'm saying or maybe you've dreamed a little with your husband and wife and you're like we're wearing goodwill now but you know we're going to wear H&M one day (laughs) you know you you dream my wife said amen she's basic she had her she had her gift card (laughs) you know we, we make plans. We, we, we promise that things are going to be a different way, and that kind of makes it okay for us to work these jobs that we hate, and it makes it okay for us to go through the drudgery of life. And for the children of Israel, that's really what it was like. It was like, okay, slavery is so hard, but I promise one day we're going to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. <laughs> and now they get close enough to see that land. They send the spies, and there's only two wild ones in the bunch. We got more than two wild ones here in the room right now, but there were two wild ones that said, I'm seeing giants. It looks impossible, but I am also seeing possibility in the impossible. And God will. Say, God will. See, this is called the language of certainty. And before I drop the message title, we did episode one, hashtag not impressed. Who was here for that one? Okay, 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 okay. And then last week we did Take Your Ticket. Is there anyone who took their ticket last week? Okay, so before I give you the title for this one, uh, I just want to set you up with a story. Is there anyone here who has ever put together IKEA furniture? Okay, we've got some victims in the audience. You know, it's crazy because Ikea is like the only furniture that is in everyone's budget, right? Like anyone, you ring up like a whole uh, house where it's like, here's my entire bedroom set. And they're like, it's $17.50. And you're like, yes. And then, they, and then they tell you where to go get it. And there's 14 boxes. And then you open the boxes. You're like, this is raw wood and a chisel and a hammer. And like the reason why it was 17 bucks is because Ikea, who are geniuses, chopped a tree down out of my own yard and sold it back to me. Like I went there for the food, let's just be honest. And they sold me back wood. They're geniuses. If I wasn't a pastor, that would be my gig. And they name all their stuff like schmarschma, you know, corn snare. And you're just like, what am I, a Viking? I promise I'm going to preach, okay? But, <laughs> so my parents... <laughs> come on, there's, you know, it's okay to leave church happy. Okay, but anyways, uh, I forgot. I'm, let's just pray. <laughs> no, so, so we, I buy for our new headquarters all this IKEA furniture, and 
you know, it's it, so my parents came over to like set it up and put it together. So I was like, I had tons of stuff to do. So I'm like, you guys do that. I'll do this. And then I come back like maybe a couple hours later and my mom hands me this bag and she goes, oh, hey, here's all the leftover pieces. Here's a bag. <laughs> and I, I was so appreciative of their help. But have you ever, anyone who is a leader knows it's called the volunteer tax. It means that you're never going to get free labor because they're going to break so much stuff and mess it up that it still costs you the same to hire somebody. And so when she handed me this bag on the inside, I went, no, because <laughs> I realized what you're all realizing right now is that there aren't supposed to be any leftover pieces. That's the way they make Ikea furniture, right? You drop one little nugget of a thing, like a screw down the drain, you're done. They got you to come back again by $40 worth of food and desserts <laughs> to give you a screw. You could have got an Ace Hardware. So... All of a sudden, it's like she hands me this, this bag, and then, and then I was like, that's the, the title of my message. It's in the bag. It's in the bag. So can somebody just help me out and say, it's in the bag. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, it's in the bag. Turn to that other person, just nudge him and say, it's in the bag. Okay, let me just explain to you what happens. When you put together IKEA furniture and you do it the way you think it should be done, you're going to have a whole bunch of leftover pieces in the bag. And see, what happens is that you come to church on Sunday and you're like, why am I destroyed? Why is my life so hard? And the answer is it's in the bag because the promises of God for your life that he's given you, the instructions for how you're supposed to do this thing were all clearly lined out. But sometimes when you do it all, your own way, you're left over with some pieces and it's in the bag. Can somebody say it's in the bag? I'm here to tell you today that if you can't figure out where your piece is, it's in the bag. <laughs> If you can't find out where your purpose and your destiny is, it, it's in the bag. It, it, but see, the thing is, we get stubborn and obstinate, and we want to do it our own way. And we don't want to read the instructions for how we, because this book, it doesn't jive with modern science and philosophy, right? Because you watch three YouTube uh, videos, and now you have a, a degree in philosophy, and, 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 you, and you're a theologian. You're now a theologian because you watch a seventh grader's YouTube video about how the Bible's not valid, <laughs> Okay, it was some kid's project in middle school and he faked you out because his parents are devout Christians and he wants to be a Satanist. Okay, <laughs> say it's in the bag. <laughs> you know, another we another thing that in the bag means, and this is just something that in, in my culture, I'm from the Midwest and we say things the right way. And I'm trying to teach you guys and bring you over to the like, for example, we all know it, it's not soda, it's pop. We know that, right? Listen, this is my church. Okay, I'll thin this crowd out. Um, we all know that it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not sneakers, it's gym shoes. We know this. People are so upset. There's too, so many more of you today, I, I should stop. But, but see, what happens is depending on where you're from, you have a different language. And you might be speaking English, but it's a different flavor. And see, Caleb... Caleb was, uh, he had kingdom culture. And when you come into the kingdom, when you become a Christian, you learn the language of certainty. And you stop speaking the language of fear and doubt and worry and apprehension. And you start speaking the God wills. See, Caleb looked and said, God will bring us into that land. It's a promise. And see, here's the thing. Maybe if your husband walked out on you, well, 
Maybe if, if, if you got kids, but the dad's not taking care of them. Maybe, maybe your, your boss who promised you that you were getting a raise and you were going all the way dropped you for that, that other person. You know, maybe you've been let down. And so you're saying, if God's promises are anything like the promises of man, how can I put any stock in them? But I'm here to tell you that the promise of God breeds the language of certainty. And Caleb knew that. And you know why Caleb knew that? And we said this a couple weeks ago because he was old enough by the time they got to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> he was old enough to remember that the waves would have been parted and he walked through them as a kid. And, and he remembered that there was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day that just manifested and guided them through. All He would have remembered that they were fed with manna. And he said, God has always been faithful. Why would he stop being faithful now? He was saying, hey, guys, hey, guys who doubt, it's in the bag. <laughs> We got it in the bag. You know, another thing, another way of saying it's a sure shot, it's going to happen is, oh, we got it in the bag. If you've ever hustled on a court before, you'll look at those chumps and you'll say, it's in the bag. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Can someone say it's in the bag? See, right now it looks like you're losing. It looks like you're done. It looks like it's over, but it's actually in the bag. You know, I want to read to you an old scripture. Um, I'm going to have to look at another translation because I've got the message here, but this is the King James. And this is actually a scripture you may all know. It's Psalms 23. Can we read it together? It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Does anyone know this one? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. It says he restores my soul. So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. He restores. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then here's the one you all know from Coolio. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Just keep it there. See, now, Go V1 is all about that an airplane is on the runway and it picks up enough speed and then the velocity speeds, because they're actually numerical values, then when you hit V1, that's called the decision speed because that plane has so much fuel and flames blowing out the, the engines that it, is gonna, it has to fly by virtue of the design of the plane. And so here's the thing. Yea, do I walk. Can we just break this scripture down? Even though I'm walking through the low place, every plane starts on the ground. Maybe you're in the low place today. Even though I walk through this low place. See, you got to choose how you talk about your situation. You could say I'm down and out of my luck. Or you could say I'm actually on the runway. Every plane starts on the ground, baby. And you've got to learn how to speak the language of certainty because that's the language of Caleb. God will give us this promised land. Oh, yeah, I'm in the low place right now, the valley, a.k.a. the runway. Now, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now I think this is interesting because this is not a prescription of you, you're going to die. It's the shadow of death. And some of you guys here are scared by shadows. See, a shadow is not the same thing as the real threat. It's just the projection of the threat. And can I just submit to you the thing that you think is chasing you down to take you out is just a shadow? And see, we ask God, God, remove the shadow because we're so scared of even the shadow. And God's saying, I'm, I'm teaching you. You're training for reigning. I, I could remove that shadow, but I've got to teach you how to stand up in the midst of the feeling of fear so that you can become what I've destined you to become. 
And so as you are on that runway, when you're on the low place of life, the shadow of death, then all of a sudden it says, I will fear no evil. Now, if your soul is your mind, your will, and the emotions, you must learn to be a true believer and a Christ follower that your feelings lie. Your feelings are liars. And that's why he was able to say, the psalmist was able to say, I will fear no evil. In my will, another definition of the will is the decision maker. Your will is your decision maker. And see, that's the area. People are like, why is there evil on the earth? Well, because God blessed you with a will. You have a decision maker. In Genesis, he gave you dominion over this earth, and he's not revoking it. Doesn't mean he's not going to make it right on the other side. And that's the promise that we have. But, he, but you have the ability to choose, and it says, I will fear no evil. But here's why, though. You see that colon there? For thou art with me. I will fear no evil because you're with me. If you're here today and God is not with you, you have every reason to be afraid. Matter of fact, you should be terrified if you're trying to do life without God. Because I tried it and some people in this room tried it. And if you stick around after the coffee runs out, they'll tell you some stories of what life looks like without God. But if you will invite him into your life, you will say, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And then there's this, thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. And, you know, if you're not full hillbilly like me, you might not know what a rod and a staff does. But, you know, the rod is for correction. The staff is to guide. And, you know, I can't tell you how many men that I have uh, sat down to counsel and I have corrected them and rebuked them and disciplined them and said, this is what's right. You need to step it up, man. you got to break that thing off of your life. And as I begin to speak, they begin to weep and weep and weep. And they say, Pastor Mike, I just wanted somebody to care enough to even discipline me. You know, it's so easy to look at a fatherless generation and say, look how messed up they are. But they're craving even discipline. They're craving even correction. And it says that 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 rod is comforting. You know, forget about the flames and the devil with the pitchfork and the horns that you're conjuring up in your mind. Do you want to know what real hell is? It's God leaving you alone and turning you over to your own reprobate mind. That is actually hell, okay? And so it's comforting even for God to correct and rebuke and teach and train and discipline me. And I'm telling you, if you're here today and you're going through the valley, if you're here today and you feel like, man, I'm in the low place, just know you are getting ready for takeoff. Getting ready for takeoff. You're in this series with us. Go V1 because God wants to let you know the things that you left out when you try to assemble your life. He's bringing them into the picture now because it was in the bag the whole time. You know, and some of you are discovering that. Is there anyone here who can say, I am actually discovering over the weeks that I come back to this place that it actually is there and I don't need to run away. It's not about moving to another region. I need to get into the presence of God. Is there anyone here who can attest to that? Man, you know, the other day I was... uh, and you guys can just stand your feet with me as we kind of close it out here. You know, I was thinking about Caleb. I was thinking about this promised land. I was thinking about the promises that you have for your life and what you're going to accomplish. And I was actually at this business the other day, and I went to go use the bathroom. And, and on the, the, the bathroom, I, you kind of went into the first portion of it, which was sinks and everything. And there was like a stall beyond that that was a full door from the top to the bottom. And and, and, and actually, when, when I looked at that door, it said not available for use. 
Now, your average person would take that as a sign to not walk through the door. But you got a wild pastor. <laughs> and I was like, I need to get into that stall and I'm going to take my chances. And do you know, as I walked through that door that said not available for use, I realized that there was actually nothing wrong with that stall. There was actually nothing wrong. It was just that someone had another motivation for putting that sign on the door. And I was thinking about you today. I was thinking about your faces. I was thinking about your lives. I was thinking about how you leave and you come every single week still feeling the weight of condemnation that tells you you can't be a Christian. You can't be what God called you to be. And, and you have this sign that was placed on you not available for use. And, and, and as I walked through that door, I said, man, is this not totally my personality to be the one who walks through the door that has the sign not available for, for use? And, and I'll tell you what I want to do for you right now is, is the door of your heart. You, some of you, there's been an ulterior motive from a family member, from a boss, from a teacher, from a mentor, from, from a parent that has put this label, this, this sign on the doorway to your heart that says not available for use. And you've left it up and convinced yourself that you're broken and that you can never be or do anything great with your life. And what I want to do right now is I, the same thing I did in the natural. I want to do it in the spiritual. I want to walk through that door and I want to show you, no, 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 actually everything's going to be okay. Actually, everything does work and function because you know what? That sign had ulterior motives, but God's got another motive, a higher motive. And he is here to remind you that you are available for use and the voices of condemnation. See, see the Caleb voice, you know, when, when you think about the spies that went into the land uh, of Egypt and, and it came out of the land of Egypt th through the tribes and then they went to the promised land of Canaan and they're spying into it. Sometimes we kind of represent all those voices inside at the same time. And you've got two spies who are saying, we can do this. And then you've got several others who are saying, are you crazy? You're out of your mind. You can't do this. And today, I want to kick that door down that says not available for use so that the only voices left are the ones who are saying you can do what God has destined you to do because for no other reason than his promises still stand. And it's in the bag for you. It's in the bag. Some of the dreams that some of you have in this place are so dangerous and so big that you feel like you're foolish for even dreaming them. And I'm here to tell you, it's in the bag. Some of you have just felt even ridiculed by people. People have killed your dream. They've spoken against it. They said it could never happen. But see, it wasn't even your dream in the first place. God placed it in you. He placed it in you. And today, I'm gonna to pray that God would resurrect that dream. But when we go back to the book of Psalms, it says, I will not fear because thou art with me. If you're here in this place with every eye closed, just to kind of create a private moment that people can have between them and God, and you're saying, I am shaking in my boots and I'm realizing there is no one stronger than me. See, that's really the source of many of your fears is that secular humanistic idea that you are where the buck stops. But when you realize that there is a God, all of a sudden you're saying, I'm not afraid anymore because I'm not in charge alone anymore. Yes, I have dominion. Yes, I have a free will, but I also have a father. And you're saying, I'm making sure that I'm not leaving this place today without being able to say, thou art with me. Would you just raise your hand with no one looking around? Just say, I want to make this commitment to God right now. I want to go V1. I'm in a valley. I'm in a low place, but I want to go V1. 
Come on, there's so many hands. Why don't we just have everyone else lift their hands too right now? Just to, And when you lift your hands, I, you know, Keith Green said in school, you're taught to lift your hands when you have the answer, but in church, you raise your hands when you don't. There's just some times you're saying, I don't have this all figured out. I surrender. I'm lifting my hands to say, God, before I get out of this place, not my will be done, but your will be done. And all of a sudden you can say, I'm no longer afraid because thou art with me. Once you guys in this place, you don't worry about how to pray or the right words. You could just in this moment borrow my words, but I'm here to tell you a magic prayer does not work. It's when your will aligns with the will of God and you mean the words that you're going to stay and then you walk out of this place and walk these words out that everything begins to change. So with just our hands lifted in surrender, will you just say, Heavenly Father, have your way. I thank you for my imagination. And the dreams that I've dreamed are coming to pass according to your will. I accept your son Jesus as my savior. You make me clean. You make me holy. And now I come boldly before your throne. Adopt me today. I'll never be afraid because thou art with me in jesus name amen amen could you just put your hands together today you know as, as we get ready to be released out of this place you know, this is this Go V1 is just a different season in our church. You know, you've got people in this place who are wearing these gold keys, and you're probably, what do those keys mean? It, it means that we're not into membership here. Members have rights. Country clubs have members. You know, we don't. We're not really the type here. Sometimes, you know, we're not. We're not. It's not about paying your dues and earning your keep. It's about being an owner. And if you're here. And you're just like, I want to take my next steps. You know, I come and I say the prayers and I go through the motions, but I feel like I need to take my next steps. I would love to meet you on the mezzanine floor to tell you about your next steps and to talk to you more about what it means to become an owner and not just a member of a church. And and, and, and if you need prayer right here, and I know it's super crowded. This is one of those crazy cut a hole in the ceiling, New Testament kind of scenarios. I don't know what's happening. God's just feeding hungry people in this place. And if you need prayer and something happens, during this message or during worship and you need to talk to someone right there on this kind of slope area here uh, you can receive prayer and, and if there's a line just patiently wait for them and they'll pray for you and see you through on the other side and you don't have to leave here without making a point of contact and if you're a guest and you drink anything out of a cup we have a mug for you because we love you <laughs> And Julie's going to meet you at the info table and, and, and just talk to you there. And, um, and, and I just don't want you to leave this place without putting a demand on what God has for you before you leave. Because I believe you were here on a divine appointment. So can I just charge you as you guys leave? Is that, is that okay? Okay, so this week, may you be blessed coming in and may you be blessed going. May you be overwhelmed by what God has for you this week. May you step into a joy and a peace of mind that you have never known. May you walk into a room and the atmosphere change this week. May you have a hunger and a desire for the word like never before. May you be a thirsty one. May you be one that burns in worship before the Lord this week. And may he bless you and keep you keep you and guide you right back here where you're home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.